This is Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. Oh, hello, hello. Three minutes after one o'clock and a crisp but beautiful Sunday afternoon. Good to have you along. John Scholes here alongside employment lawyer Lior Samfiru, courtesy of Samfiru to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country, specializing in employment law like we do this hour every Sunday. So good to have you here. I know you're going to have questions. you got a lot of time to grab a phone and ask them if it's something about your workplace. Maybe it's harassment issue. Maybe it's still a vaccine issue. Maybe a simple severance question. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you or, uh, throughout the next hour. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to get into the email bag because those have been adding up over the last couple of weeks. But in between that, the phone calls are always priority. So do not hesitate. 416-872-1010 is how you call into the station right now. We are live, of course. And if you want to text a question, we'll uh, we'll talk about those. 71010 again, 416-872-1010. Give us a call right now. And 71010 as well. Emails, which we're going to go to very shortly, at, uh, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. And of course, Lior and his team reachable any other time, 1-855-821-5900 and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's all about employment law. It's free. It's anonymous. And you can catch this as well on the small screen uh, or on CTV on Saturdays. And then Lior also featured on Ask a Lawyer airing every Wednesday night That is 9.30 p.m. on CP24. So do not miss that 30-minute uh, feast of employment law knowledge. Come see you every week. You will be better educated every week you tune into the show. But there you go. Lines are open. Give us a call. Let's get into some emails here in a bit, Lior. But we always start off with the case of the day. What do you got going on, pal? I think, John, they should. Uh, we should do the employment law movie at some point. I'm in. Two hours of employment law. <laughs> On the big screen, special effects, all that. I think we can do world. that. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna think on that. So you yeah, know, good. We have radio, we have online, we have small screen. Something's missing there, so we'll, we yep. got to work on that. But uh, welcome certainly to all our listeners uh, this afternoon, talking about employment law here and wanting to solve as many problems as possible. You know, employment law it's important to learn, of course, but it's also important when you have a workplace issue to know that there are solutions, that there's things that you can do. There are options and there are rights that you have. And on this show, we spend all this time trying to educate you on those rights. So what a good opportunity you have right now to call us with any questions. If there's something you've always wanted to know, or if there's something that you're not think you don't think it's quite right, your employer is doing something, you're not sure that they should be doing it, call us right now. Maybe you're, you're terrified about losing your job and understanding if that can happen, or maybe you just lost your job. This time of year, actually, you know, between now and, and uh, you know, kind of mid-November, a lot of terminations happen and a lot of uh, employees may unfortunately lose their job through no fault of their own. So it's important mm-hmm. that you understand what your rights are. And it's a good place to start right now on this show by calling us. And of course, you can always call me in the office. I want you to. I encourage you to. We'll give you that phone number as well as email address throughout the show. So stay tuned for that. But let me tell you about a couple of situations across my desk over the past uh, week. Uh, I spoke with a lady who had actually contacted me for a second opinion. She'd actually had retained a lawyer, but she wanted a second opinion in terms of what can be done in her situation. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened to her. She was let go some time earlier, and it was one of those situations where her employer called her up on the phone saying, we're going to let you go. Some you know, words were exchanged there, and you know, apparently the employer wasn't very nice let her go, didn't offer any severance, didn't give her a termination letter, just say, you're gone, don't come, don't bother coming in anymore. Well, she had retained the lawyer. That lawyer wrote to that company and say, well, you terminated her, you better pay severance. Company response saying, 
what are you talking about? We never let her go. She resigned. <laughs> uh, so we don't know her anything because she resigned. She chose not to, to, uh, right. to work anymore. The problem, of course, is this. There was nothing in writing to, to confirm the termination. There was no proof otherwise. And that's always a huge concern. It's very easy for an employer to deny letting someone go if, in fact, there is no letter of termination, there's no recording, there's no email, text message. It's very easy to do that. And oftentimes I see this when an employer realizes, holy cow, we're going to owe someone a year's severance. Sometimes they may become dishonest in terms of what actually happened. I've seen that happen before. The problem here is, you know, this person's lawyer made a mistake. And the mistake was they shouldn't have contacted the company about severance right away. What they should have done is had this person send an email to the employer contemporaneously confirming that, yeah, she was in fact let go. So yeah, confirming that you called me today, told me not to come in anymore. Done. As soon as she sends that, that becomes a termination. Then the, the lawyer can send a letter. Unfortunately, I'm not able to help her right now because I have no way to prove that she was terminated and it's too late right now. Uh, so the lesson here and the message is very clear. If you're let go and you don't have the letter of termination, most of the time you will. Most of the time you have a letter of termination in your hands, no problem. But if it happens over the phone or it happens in person and there's nothing in writing, create that something in writing. All you have to do, send an email or a text message to your employer, one or two lines. All it needs to say is, yeah, I'm confirming that you've told me today that my employment is terminated, that I shouldn't be coming in anymore. Bye. That's it. That's all you need. If you have that, you're good. We can get you compensation. We can get you severance. We can get you everything that the law provides. But if you don't have that confirmation, there's that concern that the employer may deny that they did. They say you've resigned. They say that you just decided not to show up to work. That's the problem. So we want to have something in writing whenever there's a termination. And again, reaching out if there's any confusion in that regard, always one 821 5900 It really does make it simpler, right? If you just have just confirming that you let me go, blah, 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 such, such a day. Thank you. That, and, and what if they don't respond? Well, that's perfect. That, that, right. Their lack of response is confirmation that it's true. Uh, and, and if they say, oh, no, no, we never did that, then say, okay, great. I'll see you on Monday. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so because of that, it's almost a foolproof method to deal with yeah. it. But if they've already said you've resigned and it's several weeks later, it's going to be really hard to deal with it. Email, text message takes 10 seconds and can make all the difference in the world. Again, we've got open lines here ready to uh, answer your calls. It's only a 110 on Sunday. you got lots of time, 416-872-1010 or Texas 71010 as well. We can read some of those on air. But want to get to our first email of the show here, Leo, unless you got another week that was to talk about. It's up to you. Yeah. Let me let me throw another yeah, one for out sure. there at yep. you, uh, something that came up uh, this week. I spoke with a, a gentleman who had been off on a disability leave for a while, but was cleared to come back to work, uh, went to his employer, doctor's note in hand, saying, yeah, cleared to come back to work, ready to come. Employer says, yeah, great. We can't wait for you to start, but we want to dot our I's and cross our T's. We want you to see another doctor. We're going to arrange for you so that that doctor can clear you and confirm that you're able to come back to work. Well, keep in mind, not everyone is going to be happy to just go see a random doctor. There's, there's privacy issues, and this person certainly wasn't. So yes, well, why am I going to see another doctor? Here's my doctor's note. Doctor's been treating me for the last eight years. He knows I'm fine. Uh, so what's the issue? Well, no, no, we just want to be extra careful. He contacted me and he wanted to know, what well, can they make me see this other doctor? The answer is no, they cannot. 
if your doctor is clear about your ability to go to work or your inability to work for that matter, that's all that matters. Your employer cannot question that. They can't uh, deny it. They can't make you see someone else. If they don't comply with what your doctor says because they don't have a second opinion, that may make it potentially a human rights violation. It could be con considered a cons uh, constructive dismissal. It's illegal. So the, the message here is very important. They can't make you, an employer can't make you see another doctor, get a second opinion. So what we've decided we're going to do with this gentleman is I'm going to write to his employer. I'm going to set them straight, and I'm sure it's going to be fine. They'll, they'll reconsider, and they'll have him back to work right away. So if you're ever in that situation, do the same as this gentleman did. Just give me a call. And, and expanding on that point, your, your employer can also say, okay, Leo, you're going to be off for a couple of weeks, whatever. What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you can't. So your employer can't ask you the specifics of your medical condition. They can't ask for your diagnosis, whether you're, you're off because of, uh, of a stress issue or because your uh, back is uh, in pain. Ultimately, doesn't matter. What matters is whether you can or cannot work. And an employer that wants to know the specifics of your medical condition is offside. And you can say, no, I'm, I'll let you know if I can work or I can't. I'll let you know what limitations I have. I'll let you know if I need any accommodation. But that's as far as I go. And anything beyond that, the employer cannot insist on. All right, let's get to Andrew's email. First one of the day. Thanks, Andrew. Says, hey, Leora, I've been off on a layoff for four months, but the company is still operating. I'm told that they don't know when I'll be called back to work. How long do I have to wait? Well, this is always a question that I get. And the answer is that, well, you don't have to wait at all because in most cases, the temporary layoff is not something an employer is allowed to do. So right from the outset, that layoff may have been something that was illegal. In other words, the employee can consider that right at the beginning to be a termination and get full severance. So it's not a question of how long can they keep me on a layoff? It's a question of, are you accepting it? And did they have a right to do it to begin with? Mm -hmm. So this person really has two options. First option is they can continue waiting. How long beats me? I don't know until the employer decides to do something. But that is option number one. Option number two is they can choose now if they want to treat that layoff as a termination of their employment and get severance. Maybe a good time to do that. They may be able to find another job somewhere else, maybe even a job that pays more. So it may be a better option to do that. So that's what happens in a temporary layoff situation. I often get asked, well, how long can they just keep me here in abeyance, keep me in, in this uh, place where I don't know what's going on? The answer is, well, they can't at all. In most cases, you can treat that as a termination. So it's up to you, the employee, to decide how long you want to stay on that layoff. You don't have to stay on it at all. Again, if you don't want to, if you want to just be done and get your severance, I'm just a phone call or an email away. Beyond the uh, the limits of this show in an hour, you can reach out to Leor, as you just mentioned, anytime. Phone call away, one 821 5900 Answers at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address we're using. But we'll take our first break of the show. Get right back to it here. And more of your phone calls and texts. Bring them on, 416-872-1010 or text us at 71010 as well. We'll continue with the Employment Law Show. Stand by. This is Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. Skulls along with employment lawyer Lior Samfiri. He is the one guy in this country you need to call if you're having uh, workplace issues, whether it's a severance issue, a workplace harassment. 
anything that's going to uh, you're going to come across in your employment life how do you do it you reach out on the outside when we're not doing this hour of radio one 821 5900 answers at employmentlawyer.ca that's the email address we always go to and uh, right here and now though you could reach out to uh, to talk to us on air ask your questions get some quick answers again educate yourself 416-872-1010 or the text route is 71010 as well in that regard want to get to scott who's been hanging on for a moment has grabbed a phone on a sunday afternoon and uh, done exactly that scott really appreciate you uh you taking the time pal whenever uh want to come on and ask a question how are you not too bad good sir what's going on so just uh, uh it deals with what i call vacation accrual so my employee that i work for we're entitled to vacation on a yearly basis um it's about the accrual formulations is there a set thing because what's happened is they've turned up all of our vacation dollars versus vacation hours and now I have said unpaid hours because I don't have accrual to cover off the paid vacation. I've never been off on a leave. I've never been off on anything from work. And I'm just curious if, like, if that's something you've heard of before. Sorry, you have accrued vacation or you don't have accrued vacation? No, I have accrued vacation. Yes. So, so, so what's the issue? I, I'm not sure so I understand. We accrue, we accrue vacation hours and vacation dollars, like on a percentage uh, ratio. So four weeks vacation, you're through eight. Yeah. So you have vacation time and vacation pay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And what's happened now is they've trued them up and they don't add up. So I now, instead of having, I'll use an example, instead of having 200 hours of vacation, I still have 200 hours of vacation, but now like 60 of them are unpaid. Right. Okay. I understand what you're saying. So vacation pay and vacation time do not necessarily have to correspond okay so uh as long as you're getting at least the minimums you know say two or three weeks depending on how long you've been there that's all your employer has to provide you so it, it's possible again i mean it's kind of a, a a silly way to do it that you may have more vacation pay than you have vacation time or vice versa more vacation time i guess uh but as long as you're getting it you're not getting less than the minimum that the employer is required to provide you that's fine uh, as long as you didn't have any vacation pay that they took away uh, as long as they didn't you accrued something and they say we're not going to let you we're not going to pay that that out to you uh, if there's simply an imbalance between vacation pay and vacation time that in and of itself is not illegal okay okay no that that was just a, like a question because it was just you know i've been there a while and as we've gone through and now it's like a lot of us that have years of service with the company now have one or two weeks of our said vacation is now unpaid because we don't have the accrued funds and how now, does that, like, how the, do the one thing I, I will say scott is if this vacation time that you've accrued was going to be paid and now they've decided to say no some of that is going to be unpaid that's a problem if they've changed things so if the policy was always this way that you accrue vacation time this way and vacation pay this way then that's fine if they've changed something to create this imbalance that may be illegal they they, they don't have a right to change things midstream uh, but if that's always been the practice in the policy then yes that's fine okay so yeah okay I might follow up with you later because there's a absolutely hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scott, thanks, pal. Yeah, you bet. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'm going to give you the number now to uh, to reach out to Lior. uh, You know, beyond this short conversation, but a good start, right? One eight five five eight 
821-5900, Scott. And for you as well, 1-855-821-5900. And uh, we use answers at employmentlawyer.ca through email. But again, here and now, we've got tons of time, tons of open lines. Bring it on, 416-872-1010. We'll get to uh, Vanessa, who's uh, next in line. Vanessa, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time this afternoon. What's on your mind? Um, I, like I was explaining, a friend of mine called me. She works as a PSW. She's an older lady. Um, she's been working for like two years. So because of the lifting of the patient and all that, she developed p- uh, pains in her hands. She said the hands become too painful, but she, I guess she was scared to let the employers know because she didn't want to lose the employment because uh, she needs the money. So she continued to uh, push it. But it has gotten to the level where her doctor says she needs surgery in one of the hands because of the pain. I guess she has developed copper tunnel or something. And so when she got scheduled again on one of and she said, you know what, that I'm in pain. I can't take this patient because of the lifting. And uh, so she said, they said, well, if she cannot take this next client, blah, 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 she cannot return back for now. And, you know, so she said they never gave her schedule again. So I told her that, why are you worried? You're, you're, going, through, you're going to go through surgery. So I don't know. She said, but her, uh, they never said anything else about severance uh, package or what they're going to do for her. So a few days later, she called them and they sent her an email that they have uh, modernized her schedule. They did it. They have given her a different thing, not as much work. that they, you know. So she went back to her doctor and her doctor is like, you can't, your hand, you're about to go to surgery for your hand. You can't do anything right now. And these people are worried about clients. They're giving you a modernized schedule. So um, her doctor said, no, she's not able to go back. And I told her, you're not able Vanessa, to go back. Vanessa, is she, she part of a union? I, I don't know. She's a full-time worker. And what her problem in, is, what should she do? You know, she, so, I, if she, so she's if she's a, 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 a long term care, there's a good chance she's a she's a union employee. So what she has to do is to talk to her union right away and they'll be she's able to advise in, her. I don't think she's not in union. OK, she's if she's not in a union, well, she needs to call me because her employer, number one, if she can't work at all right now, her employer mm-hmm. needs to allow her to be off. And I'm sure there's a, a disability plan potentially. And if there isn't a disability plan, she can qualify for certain government benefits. And when mm-hmm. she's able to go back to work, as long as she has a doctor's note, they have to give her her job back. So they don't have okay, to about, pay her uh, while she's... If the doctor she's says she's not able to go back. At all, ever. Yeah, what, what's going to happen? Even after the surgery, she can't go back? Yeah, she's, you know, she's, she's really in pain. So they're going to start with one hand. They're going to do one hand first. So... Right now, I mean, we'd have to see what happens with the surgery. So because it's too premature to say that she can't go back ever again. So once she has the surgery, if the mm-hmm. doctor still feels she can't go back, then yes, she can get severance. Okay, it won't necessarily be her full entitlement, but she can get severance. But it's too premature right now to speak about severance when she hasn't even had the medical procedure yet. Mm-hmm. If there's yeah, another job she that she can do right now. Procedure, but she's going to, she has corporate now. She has a lot, you know, a lot okay. of Vanessa, so have her give me a call. Okay. And let me okay. talk to her and okay. I will uh, make sure that she gets everything that she's owed. Absolutely. Because she's worried now that she's not working, that how is she going to feed? Mm-hmm. Then that's where she has to give me a call. Right. Okay. okay. Thanks, what number does she call? Because I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'm going to give it to you right now, Vanessa. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. 
Yeah, you got it. She can also reach out to uh, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Vanessa, thanks for your time this afternoon. Enjoy the Thank rest you of your weekend. Much. And we'll let you bet. You bet. Okay. And we'll move on here to another call in uh, in just a minute as we get it lined up. I want to bounce over to another email uh, before we break, Leor. This one's Danielle. It says, Leor, can you explain, I love this question, why there's such a big difference between what the severance calculator says at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and what the Ministry of Labor is telling me? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a question I get asked very often. So right now, if you go to the uh, our severance calculator, by the way, you can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you go there and you say you've worked there for, I don't know, for a company for four years and you go through the analysis, it may take, it tell you that you're owed eight months. If you call the Ministry of Labor and you told them that you work for four years, they'll probably tell you you're owed four weeks. Why that difference? Well, the government, the Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements. And that word minimum is key. The government cannot advise you with respect to your full entitlements, just your minimum, which is a small portion of what you're actually owed. So your minimum entitlements can be a week's pay for every year of service. Your full entitlements, sometimes we call those your common law entitlements, can be 10 times that, 20 times that, depending on the situation. So when you call me or you go to the severance calculator, you find out what really matters, your full entitlements. You call the government, you're advised of your minimum entitlements. That's very misleading. And so many people accept inadequate severance because of what the government says, which is completely incorrect or incomplete. So bottom line, if you lose your job, you got to speak to me. You don't like to speak to me, speak to another employment lawyer or go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, use a severance calculator. That's what you have to do. Okay, short break. Coming back to more phone calls. Debbie, I see you there. Stand by, my dear. You are up next. And in the meantime, you can call in as well and get in line and ask some questions. Would love to have you on. 416-872-1010 or text your questions to 71010 as well. And always being able to get a hold of Lior at 1-855-821-5900. More on the way after a short break. And Employment Law Show continues here on the Bell Talk Radio Network. And here we go, out on the roads again at 1.30 on Sunday afternoon, News Talk 1010, Time Saver Traffic. This is Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. All right, thanks for hanging in through the break. So good to have you on this afternoon on a Sunday. It is 1.35. We've got lots of time for more phone calls. How do you bring one on? How do you ask a question? Easy, call the show now, 416-872-1010 or text 71010 as well. we got a couple texts standing by, but uh, as always, guys, we get to the phone calls first. In that regard, want to get to uh, to Debbie. Hi, Debbie, how are you? Hi, fine. How are you today? Fantastic. Thank you for taking the time. What's your question? Uh, my question is, I've been with the, my employer for 20 years, and I'd like to retire in January of 2024, so a year from this January. Um, I was wondering, my anniversary date is the 4th of, Janu- of January to get in my full 20 years. Can I, get, can I take my uh, vacation and then retire, or do I have to put in a certain amount of hours to get those five weeks for that year? So, so two things. Number one, it depends how your employer accrues vacation time during the year. So some employers, let's say if you have five weeks vacation, some employers say you can take those at any time, even in the beginning of the year. Other employers say you have to accrue your vacation during the course of the year. So I don't know how your employer does it, so you'd have to ask them. But the other thing you have to remember is this. 
that your employer ultimately is allowed to say yes or no to when you take a vacation. So you may have that vacation available to you and you say, okay, I'll take it now. And then I'm just going to retire in January. And your employer is gonna, may, may say, no, we're not going to let you take this. We need you to actually work till the end and we'll simply pay you any outstanding vacation once you've retired. So the fact that you may have it available doesn't mean that your employer has to allow you to take it. An employer can always decide yes or no when it comes to you taking a vacation. Okay, that answers my question. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Debbie. Appreciate uh, your time. If you want to reach out any further with more questions, you could do so. You probably know the number now, one 821 5900 to text into the show. You can do that. We love getting our texts, and that is 71010 as well. Uh, first one up, Lior, I'll throw this one at you. The uh, texture says, employer was recording phone calls without her consent, does not work with public. Is this legal? So generally speaking, if you're speaking to someone uh, and, you know, someone else can't, quote, unquote, tap or record your phone, that's not allowed. And in fact, it could be considered a, a workplace offense, even if it's your employer doing that. Now, if your employer is only recording conversations that you have with them, so your boss is recording the conversation you're having with the boss, that may well be uh, uh, legal. But if there's generally a, a recording device on the phone that allows your employer to listen into your conversations that your employer is not actually part of, unless you sign something giving them their consent, they can't do that legally. So you want to talk to them about that. You may want to have me talk to them about that if they won't budge. No, generally, they can't just, quote unquote, tap your phones without your consent. So basically, if you and I are in a room having a conversation, I, you know, I, I, maybe it's obvious I have my phone there. I'm going to say, Leo, I'm recording this. Or even if I don't tell you, that's okay. But if there's a third party in the corner doing that, no, no, no. Exactly. You're wow. allowed to record the conversation you're having with me, even if I don't know about it. Someone else, though, a third party can't re uh, record a private conversation that you and I are having. That's illegal and, and a criminal offense. So that distinction is very important. Brilliant. Phone number again to call in. You got some time. 416-872-1010. Another text came through here, Lior. A 55-year-old female, 30-plus years with the company, 60K per year, executive assistant, uh, non-supervisor role. How much severance should I expect? Great question. Absolutely great question. And you're yep. looking at right around 24 months severance. It, it won't be less than, say, 22 months, anywhere from 22 to 24 months worth of severance. Now, I said the word severance, but you have to understand that that severance includes all components of your compensation. So it's not just 24 months of salary. It's 24 months of salary and benefits and pension contributions and bonuses if you get bonuses and your car allowance if you have a car allowance. Mm -hmm. So all components of your compensation. So if you're let go and you're provided with 24 months of your total compensation, great, you're fine, awesome. If you're provided with less than that, you have to give me a call because that would be less than your full entitlements. Now, Lior can do that in his head in seconds, but uh, you are just as capable by simply going to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The severance calculator is embedded into that website. It's free. It's anonymous. It takes about 30 seconds to run through it. And I'm telling you this is true. This is not hyperbole. Over 2 million people have used the severance calculator. And uh, as we say, I've had their eyes opened up indeed. You know, it's interesting that that particular case, if you're going to tell someone, well, 30 years service, the employer said, oh, you got 34 weeks. They're going to say, wow, what a bonus. We got four extra weeks. We got more than a week per year. Sounds like a great deal. No, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Very wrong. And that's, that's the issue. That's really the yeah. reason why you and I started doing radio many years ago. And because of this, this misconception, this falsehood, that when you lose your job, all you're owed is a week per year of service. Nonsense. 
false couldn't be more wrong okay it's very very different remember the the factors that go into assessing what you're owed are your age your position and the length of your employment so the longer you work the older you are and the more senior a position the more severance so it's an, an analysis that has to be done and it's not a week per year of service for many people that could be several months per year of service you can have a, a six-month employee that could be owed six months of severance yeah or even more than that by the way the number of months of severance could actually be more than the length of employment happens all the time not unusual at all that's why it's important to educate yourself and inform yourself when it comes to that severance it's it's literally where the money is so you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca use that severance calculator as john said completely anonymous, completely free, no strings attached. There's no need to do anything beyond that if you don't want to, but you have to check it out if you lose your job. 416-872-1010 is the number to uh, to ask us a, a question and get on air. We'll get to uh, Warren. Hi, Warren. Thanks for taking the time. How are you? Uh, yeah, thanks. I just want to say I'm a big fan of the TV shows, the radio shows and everything. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate my, it. Oh, thanks. Uh, my question is, I don't want to get into the details because I don't want to give away where I work or anything, but if I'm let go and it's some kind of uh, discrimination thing. You always say don't go to the Ministry of Labor. Should you also not go to the Human Rights Commission as well? So you absolutely can. If you lose your job for discriminatory reasons, absolutely you can go. It's not the Human Rights Commission. It's the Human Rights Tribunal. But yes, you can go there, but you probably don't need to. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, if you lose your job, usually there's going to be two aspects of it. If you lose your job for discriminatory, one, as you said, there's the discrimination aspect. And number two, there's the severance aspect. So they're separate. The nice thing is that if we're going to deal with the severance through the court system, in the same system, we could deal with the discrimination aspect. So you don't need to have separate legal actions and separate legal streams. You can have just one that deals with both. So if, if you're just discriminated against, but you haven't lost your job, maybe they, I don't know, they didn't give you a promotion for discriminatory reasons. Then at that point, the only option that you have is to go to the human rights tribunal. But if you lose your job because of discriminatory reasons, we can deal with the termination and the discrimination through the court system. And we do not need to go to the tribunal. And the problem with the human rights tribunal, it is slow. <laughs> it was always slow. And now during COVID, it became slower. There was a massive, massive backlog that they couldn't deal with. So it could take years to go through that process. So I would avoid it at all costs just because of that. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I read about some case in the paper where it's been like five years or something and a person still hadn't gone through. You got it. So we, there's many better ways to get your entitlements faster, uh, more efficient, uh, and, and just, uh, just as effective. And Warren, again, if you haven't caught it already, I'm going to give you a number to uh, to reach out to Lior for uh, for more details. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred email if you prefer that route. That's simple. That's answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Have you noticed a, a bit of an uptick with that sort of thing? As Warren said, uh, Lior, since since COVID, or is it uh, pretty much par for the course? No, there's certainly been uh, an uptick, and at least in individuals alleging discrimination and, and wow. uh, oftentimes it's for disability and medical reasons, not only, but I've seen that often. Uh, but we have a legal system that allows us to resolve this matter. And 
to try to do it on your own. I know this, when I say that, it sounds self-serving. I get that. But to try to do it on your own without legal representation, you're not going to be effective or you can get into this black hole that takes you six, seven, eight years to get out of. Whereas oftentimes properly done, we can resolve a matter in a few weeks. So very important if you're being discriminated, mistreated, lost your job, if you're pursuing your employment law entitlements, let's have a chat. Let's understand what your rights are and talk about the best way to enforce them. With that, we'll take a short break into more phone calls and texts. Here's your opportunity to do so, 416-872-1010 to call in now or text us 71010 as well. We'll continue right here in Employment Law, showing the Bell Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. 150 here on Sunday afternoon. Good to have you along on the uh, Employment Law Show. Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partner, Sanfiru to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Reaching out a couple different ways, really simple for you. 1-855-821-5900 after the show. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca and a website that it's all built just for you. So easy to navigate. You will learn so much on it as well called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That's free. And that's anonymous. Uh, for the remaining time, you still got a few minutes for a uh, phone call here on air, 416-872-1010, or the text. That is 71010 as well. Uh, I want to get to this one here. Uh, Lior says, hey, guys, worked for 31 years in varying, uh, various positions, not management. Same company, 62 years old, and I think I'm going to be asked to retire. What should I be looking for in the way of severance? Well, that's a great question. But the first thing to remember is that you cannot be told to retire. The only one that can decide if you're going to retire is you. So you you can be told, hey, are you thinking about retiring? And the answer is no. Your employer has to back off. You cannot be said or be told, we've decided you're retiring. That's illegal. That's a human rights violation. It's It's age discrimination. So the only time we're talking severance is if the employer decides to let you go Again, for reasons unrelated to your age, because if it's related to your age, then it's it's a human rights violation before we even talk about severance. So keep that in mind. You cannot be told to retire. Absolutely not. Now, if you decide to retire voluntarily, then severance is not payable because you've decided to leave. If you are simply let go, not because of your age, for you, after 31 years, 62, you'll also be looking at the maximum severance, which mm-hmm. is 24 months. So that's what severance would look like for you. But again, be very mindful of the fact that you cannot be told to retire. You, you are the only person that can decide voluntarily on your own if you want to retire. Got another uh, text here, Lee, or this one, I guess, based on the phone call we had about, uh, you know, listening in and your conversations, recording them. It says, can an employer view your emails without you knowing? Obviously, in a work email, I got a feeling my manager is doing that, viewing my email, but can't prove it and don't want to ask. Can they do that to an employee? They can. And, and oh. you should assume, by the way, very important that anything you do on a work computer, okay, anything you do is something that your employer can and is probably watching. All right. Very important to assume that, yes, you can have your emails read uh, and keep in mind, if you're let go tomorrow, your employer can take your computer and have access to all those emails. So if you want to say something that uh, you don't want your employer to see, uh, if you want to say that an email, don't use a work computer, don't use a work email. Okay. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, your employer may well see it and there's nothing that you can do about it. 
We often talk about something somewhat related when you're out at workplace events or representing a company. You're not on company time, not maybe in the confines of the the, the business itself, but you're you still got to be aware of of that position, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if if you do something that impacts your employer, even if you're off work, then your employer may may have a, a vested interest in this. Mm-hmm. And you know, by the way, we're talking. There's going to be a bunch of holiday parties now too, right? Uh, coming up. So yeah, yeah, be careful what happens every year, John. I'm telling you, I've been doing this for 20 years, right? So every year I have people contacting me and saying something happened in, in my workplace uh, uh, party. Maybe I drank too much. Maybe I said things I wasn't supposed to. And so, you know, I was disciplined. I was let go. There's things that you can do in that situation, but probably the best advice is try to avoid that from happening to begin with. Understand that what happens off work hours and even off work property can impact your job. Okay. So be mindful of that always. I want to get another email here from Steve says, Hey, Leora, I usually work around ah, 50 hours of overtime a month for which I get paid. Recently, we've not been that busy. So there's no overtime. Is there anything I can do? So if it's a situation where your employer decides, you know what, I'm not going to give you this overtime, I'm going to give it to someone else or I'm going to do something different with it, then no, your employer can't do that because they're taking income away from you. They're making the decision. But if it's a situation that just because of the, the ebbs and flows of the business, it's, you're not as busy and now you don't have as much overtime, then there's nothing there that can be done because your employer is not doing something to you. It's just the natural turn of events. Sometimes you're really busy. You work a lot of overtime, make a lot of money. Other times you're not as busy, not as much overtime, not as much money. So very important to understand that that you may not have a, a recourse if your overtime is reduced because of how the business uh, is busy or not busy. But I've seen many cases, John, over the years where the company says, you know what, from now on, instead of having Joe get all this overtime that he's been getting for the last uh, 10 years, we're going to spread it amongst five employees. That's very nice, but if the effect is that now Joe is making a lot less money, that's not appropriate. That could absolutely be a constructive dismissal. So you have to keep that in mind as well. You know, it brings about an interesting question again, uh, before I ask the, the question, you can find the severance calculator at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But how do you calculate that with someone in that situation where it's, as you say, ebb and flow of the workplace, they may do a ton of pay this month, a little bit next month, not as much the month after that. Someone in a sales position, for instance, how do you calculate that severance? Because it's up and down, right? Absolutely. Not everyone gets the same amount of money every single month. Oftentimes, there could be overtime, there could be mm-hmm. bonuses, there could be commissions, uh, there could be other things that, that impact your salary and one month it's higher, one month it's lower. So very simple. When it comes to your severance, we look at an average. Depending on how long you've worked for the company, we'll either look at one, two, or a three-year average, and we'll use that number to calculate your severance. So if on average you make $7,500 a month, uh, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but that's the average then that is the figure that we're going to use to calculate your severance. So if you're owed 10 months of severance, well, it's going to be 7,500 times 10. That's going to be that right figure. So the reason that's important to remember is often, way too often, I see employers only using base salary to calculate severance. That's wrong. That's illegal. They have to include your commissions. They have to include your bonuses, your vacation pay, every component of your compensation. Now, the, the way you simply ask yourself, the, the, way, the, the thing to ask yourself is this, would I have received it if I had continued working? If the answer is, yes, I would have, then it has to be included as part of your severance. 
want to get to Leanne here, sent an email along. Again, it's uh, answers at employmentlawyer.ca. says, Lior, my boss announced that the company I work for is likely going to shut down in the next year. Can they avoid paying me severance if the company does indeed shut down? Very important to, to also oh. understand this. A company shutting down does not relieve it of its severance obligations. Even if a company shuts down, they still have to pay severance. And they, the fact that they're not working or the fact that they shut down doesn't mean they don't have money. There's property they may own, equipment they may own. There's accounts receivables that they have. All those things are things that are asset and they have to use those to pay your severance. So important, important, important. Shutting down does not mean you don't got severance. In fact, you get the same amount of severance. That is different than bankruptcy. If a company is formally bankrupt in a bankruptcy proceeding, right. yeah, unfortunately, you're not going to get paid or you're going to get paid pennies on the dollar. But shutting down does not mean bankruptcy. Although what it does mean is you want to move very quickly to get your severance. Guys, thank you so much for all your uh, contributions to the show today, whether you managed to pull off a phone call or send us a text. We really appreciate it. Now that we're done for uh, for this particular show, you can reach out still to Lior anytime. Got a great team behind them across the country. 1-855-821-5900 is the number you want to use. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca and the website built just for you to educate you about all things with your work life. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and inside that, of course, as we mentioned, you will find the severance calculator. We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law Show right here in the Bell Talk Radio Network.